Hello, Team Nika, and happy Monday. Thank you so much for taking some time to join us. It is always a great pleasure. This is the perfect way to start the week. I don't know about you. Every Sunday I sit there and I think I just cannot wait to get on to LinkedIn with the team at Nika. And it is so nice uh, to see you as st- at the start of this beautiful week. We are bringing you every Monday the latest and greatest of what is going on around the National Electrical Contractors Association. You can catch us live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. But also remember, you can listen in anytime as part of the Nika Live Podcast Network. New episodes are popping up every single Thursday. I mean, I think we're too good to you, if I'm honest. We're we're spoiling you. I don't want to miss a single one, so get it from wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I don't know about you, but I was just thinking the other day, there's not nearly enough podcasts out there. That's why we're jumping and throwing our hat into the race. Now, today on Nika Live, we are giving you a teeny tiny sneak peek at what you can expect as part of the Women in NECA and Future Leaders Leadership Conference. It's happening virtually uh, this Tuesday and Wednesday, March 9th and 10th. You have your opportunity now to get excited for two half days of keynote speakers, breakout sessions, roundtable discussions and networking like you have never seen before at a virtual event. And I can assure you, no one does virtual networking like the team at NECA. And we are really excited today to speak to one of our keynote speakers, Laura Ackman. Laura has been a sports journalist for nearly 30 years. Learning as a young reporter from the likes of Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley, Laura took those life lessons as a and as a person and applies them to cultivate strong and powerful relationships and continues to build them three decades later. She has started Galvanize, a company designed to help women succeed in the sports industry. And we are also joined today by Todd Grossweiler, the Executive Vice President of Allison Smith Company, LLC, and Co-Chair of NECA Future Leaders to discuss what attendees can get out of this incredible meeting. And I think it's about time that we should bring them to the stage. Hello, Laura. Hey, Todd. How are you? Thank Hello. you for joining me. Uh, great to be here. Well, I hope you both had a wonderful weekend. Tell me, Laura, what exactly did you get up to? Was it the best weekend of your life? It was one of them. I I feel like you were expecting me just to go, yep, it was a good weekend, but I spent the weekend in Chicago with a group of women, some of the greatest professional women hockey players in the world who are right now fighting for a sustainable professional league for women hockey players who are all the Olympians we cheer for four times a year or once every four times a year. And uh, I was with them for two days of women's empowerment on the ice and off the ice. So it was a fantastic Fantastic, meaningful weekend. Oh, phenomenal. That is so much more than I didn't even paint the fence this weekend, Laura. So you got a lot more done than me. Um, How about you, uh, Todd? What did you get up to the last few days? Uh, I spent the uh, better part of Saturday driving back from Miami to Atlanta in an RV with my family. We spent uh, last week on spring break with the kids. Oh, what, that's how I can tell you've got that beautiful tan. Same here in Ireland. Look at this. Have you ever seen anyone more sun-kissed in your life? I, I, look, I am going to move to Miami the moment I'm... Actually, true story. The last city that I worked in before lockdown number one in the United Kingdom was in, in Miami, and I miss it desperately. I'm still just trying to see if I can hang on to the 
Brian, lovely sun kiss. But look, thank you so much to both of you for joining me. It's uh, I know our audience are really excited to hear from you. And I can tell that because we've already got a ton of comments coming in. Uh, Pete is with us and saying he's so excited for the conference. Tammy is coming in from Grand Rapids. Lovely to have you. Nasir is coming in as well from NY Spam Business. And uh, who else have we got? We've got... Uh, uh, Larry Bell is coming in from, uh, I believe that's Arkansas, Nika. Huge amount of uh, numbers coming in. And of course, Leslie. It is simply not Lika, Nika live without Leslie. Leslie, thank you for joining <laughs> our great guests here today. So we're going to kick off with you, Laura. Look, it goes without saying that women face a tremendous challenge when it comes to starting out and building an early career in sports. But that's really true in many industries as well. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about your own path into the industry and what you learned as you came through? Well, I started almost 30 years ago. I keep saying almost 30 years ago and that I've been saying that for about 10 years probably, but now I think I'm really in about 30 years. And it was just a different time in the world of sports. There weren't very many of us. There were very few. And I think I was very lucky where I was raised in a house and by a mom who never talked about my gender. It was just, what's your dream? What do you want to do? And let's go do it. And I was a little naive when I got my first job, which was a broadcaster in Montgomery, Alabama. And I'm a Chicago girl. So that was going deeper south than I had ever been. And by myself, really, for the first time as an adult. And I was so excited by the prospect of getting a job on TV. It took me almost a year to get that first job. And I was told how hard that was going to be that the idea that it was news and sports wasn't as crazy to me as just, here's my dream. Here we go. I'm, I'm doing this. And I'll never forget my first really big assignment was at a high school football game, which is a huge deal in Montgomery, Alabama. I was ready and waiting for the head football coach to walk up to me. And as I stood there thinking I'd made it, I got this job. I'm a woman on camera. I'm a woman in sports. Everyone said I couldn't do it. And I was sitting there having a moment and feeling really proud of myself and really excited about what I had accomplished. I was making $12,000. It was a really big deal, a big job. And all of a sudden this coach came walking out and he was holding a, a basketball and a football. And I didn't think much of it. I was just very excited to introduce myself and get ready to do my first big interview. And as he walked up, I put out my hand and was about to introduce myself, trying to figure out how to shake his hand because he had a football and a basketball. And he introduced himself by saying, little girl, I just wanted to make sure that you knew the difference between a football and a basketball before we did this interview. Football is oblong and a basketball is round and let's go. And I went, David, from being on top of the world to having all the confidence in the world and having this moment to literally just being shattered and all of a sudden just feeling deflated and going, who do you think you are? You haven't accomplished anything. And, and all of a sudden realizing that this road was going to be very different than what I was imagining. And that began my path. So what I would say is that took me about 25 years to undo. It was a long period of time trying to prove myself. And soon everybody else's voices became my own voice in my head saying, you can't do this. And who do you think you are? And you don't belong. And it took me till I was about 40 years old to start having that voice telling me you do belong. You're really good at this. You've been doing this, keep doing this. But it was, it was a difficult path for a long time being told constantly as so many of the women on this, this call understand 
that you don't belong here and nobody really cares about what you think. And you've got to figure out your own voice, making sure that it's louder than all of those voices. So it was tough. Absolutely. And of course, this is something that's so true in so many industries, isn't it? That there is a boys club or, uh, you know, this this old traditional mentality. And the truth is diversity in all forms, gender, race, nationality, age, everything always improves our ability to achieve extraordinary things. And I know your company, Galvanize, is aimed at women looking to enter and grow in the sports industry. What exactly inspired its creation and what has it been like to watch it grow over the course of the last few years. Amazing. It's been around for over a decade now. And so right now we're, we're seeing all these incredible groups of, um, of women's empowerment or, or, or as you said, with all the groups that uh, right now are coming together in terms of diversity, in terms of gender, in terms of so much. But I, the genesis of Galvanize was simple. I, I didn't have anybody to go through this with. And so I faced a lot of things, a lot of fears and, and a lot of, um, situations. Nothing seemed to be black or white. Everything was gray. And I had a lot of guy friends as a woman in sports. I was always a guy's girl. And I I really needed women to help me navigate the gray that my guy friends didn't understand. And I didn't have it. And so when I got old enough, when again, that magical age of 40 for me was when my eyes opened um, to a bigger picture than just me. And I wanted to start helping. I saw a lot of great young women getting thrown in like Um, like I was, but they got thrown in faster and higher. And I just thought, oof, I wouldn't have been able to handle that. I wouldn't have been ready. So I wanted to do something to help. And it didn't start out as a company. It started out just me saying, how can I help women in this industry? And 12 years later, we've had over 2,500 women and it's been an incredible journey. Uh, I don't have children. I'm not a mom, but I feel like I have a couple thousand. And so my heart has grown a few extra sizes. Um, all of a sudden, watching all these other women conquer this industry and conquer the world right now. It must be so inspiring to have built so many connections, to expand that network, to create a tribe and a group, essentially a community of alumni and not only them, but also the people that they have inspired outside of your work just by widening access. And, you know, it's almost an overused phrase these days, isn't it? You cannot be what you cannot see. But by giving that visibility, it really does inspire so many others. It really does. And I think that's the biggest thing. Again, it also... For me, it wasn't just important to see other women on camera, but I needed to see other women empowering other women. I needed to see what it looked like to not compete with each other, but to be allies. And so it's so important for us to see whoever we are, to see somebody that looks like you, that you can see something and go, oh, I can be that. So it is an overused phrase, but a very true one. If you can see it, you can be it. But I think right now it's just more than representation about what faces do you see, but it's also the energy. It's also the, how am I helping other people? It's how am I making sure that I, I'm just not me on camera um, showing you you can do it. But also, I hope when women say I want to be a sports broadcaster or the things that I'm doing, they see that a big part of what I'm doing is also helping other women and other people, not just women, but especially my my girls helping other women um, alongside of me. And I think I think that's really important right now as people go, what can I do to help? I think it's important that it's not just what we're doing, but how we're doing it and making sure we're all we're all leaning each, on each other. And as a woman, I can just say for so many years in this industry and so many like it, it can be very lonely and you can feel like you're doing it by yourself. And all of a sudden, 
having an army of women that I could trust and I could lean on and I could have lean on me was life changing for this guy's girl. And you make such an important point because this is about taking action and being intentional. It is one thing to remove roadblocks, but then to be an active ally alongside that to make sure that you're actively encouraging participation, access, widening opportunities. And and I know that in your talk at the conference, you're going to be talking specifically about the role that relationships can make in in, in improving this area. So without giving too much away, we don't want to we don't want to give them the good stuff yet. Uh, we want to we want to keep them we want to keep them hooked laura so uh, what sort of areas will you be covering um about how to make meaningful relationships it's it's in my business what many people will call them is contacts and peers and that felt very lonely again to me and what i found was i had so many people in my world and i knew so much about them because that's my job as a reporter i can you know i'm pretty good at getting people to talk about things they don't usually talk about and how they feel and that was a a big source of pride but if you would have asked those same people about my life and if I'm married, do I have kids? Where do I live? Do I have dogs? You've probably seen two of them walk by. So you all know that I have two dogs, but they would have said, I don't know. And that started really weighing on me of going, I'm 40 years old and you can feel the theme of, you know, my, my life uh, defining moment was at 40, but I started looking around and going, I have a lot of coworkers and I have a lot of people I know, but, I don't have true relationships and that changed my life. And so I think that's been the reason why I've been to hang around this business as long as I have. I hope some of it's because of my talent and I hope some of it is because uh, how I treat people and I'm good at what I do. But I think mostly it's because of relationships. So we're going to talk a lot about that tomorrow, about how to make sure that you're really um, you're digging in and that you're building relationships with people. We're asked all the time, men and women, about how to have it all, how to balance it all. And I've never been able to because most like most of us, my job is my life. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I think there's just a way to find a connector to make sure that it's not two separate people and worlds. So I had to find a way to make sure that I had life in my work. And that was relationships for me. So we're going to talk a lot about that, how you do that meaningfully, and hopefully some tricks I've learned in 30 years of building relationships, how to make sure even this tomorrow is more meaningful to make sure you don't waste a single breakout room you're in. Make sure that for all my shy people listening right now, that you don't walk away from this incredible couple days you guys are doing and not feel like you've connected with people meaningfully. And it's, you know, I I have to say, I've read so much research in the last five or six years about the incredible power of the introvert, the value that they have for organizations, the way that they can make an impact without necessarily being the noisy one inside the room. So it sounds like it will be a a phenomenal uh, session. Todd, I know a a couple of things on this area are really important to you as well. Relationships and networking are at the heart of how we all build our careers. And they're things that we can't take for granted, but especially in this virtual world when all of our relationships are, you know, mediated and moderated by these teeny tiny little boxes. But the truth is in moments like this, it's even more important that we take time to network. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned it because it's this last year, I think a lot of us have struggled with some of the personal uh, physical, you know, meetings and connections we used to have, but having an opportunity like this to to get together in, in larger groups and reach out in some of these breakout sessions uh, that Laura was speaking about is a great opportunity to stay connected. Uh, I'm glad she mentioned the shy people uh, in the room not being afraid about things. Uh, 
I consider myself to be somewhat situationally extroverted. I'm not a true extrovert, but in the right situations, I, I try to insert myself into the conversation. And if there's others out there willing to do that in these groups, they'll have a, a very good time, I think, gaining from this conference and, and learning a lot about other people in the industry. Absolutely. The delegates at NECA events are always so warm and embracing. I've said it a million times before. When we're at a physical event and you walk into the lobby, it's like Team NECA somehow put their arms around you. Um, and even though we are socially distanced at the moment, doesn't mean we need to be socially isolated. And there are huge opportunities for you to build your network at the conference. And Todd, I know you've attended this conference countless times in the past. What have some of your big takeaways been? And also, not not only you personally, but how has your company benefited? Sure. Well, first of all, the, the team at NECA does a wonderful job of getting, you know, the great keynote speakers involved. Uh, so having an opportunity to attend these things, either in person or virtually, for me, it's a, a time of reflection and, and a time of self-improvement. Um, I try to live by, you know, surround yourself with good people and good things will happen. Well, if I'm not working to make myself a better person, and then maybe I'm not doing my part to hold the rest of the team accountable. If I'm in there getting better and everyone else around me getting better too, I think we'll all uh, improve from that. Uh, you know, rising tides uh, raise all or lift all boats. And it's ultimately that team approach, isn't it? We are one industry. Uh, and the truth is we're all going through the same challenges, which means we're also faced by the same, uh, same opportunities in this weird moment. And I guess given the ease of attending virtual events like this, Todd, some people might be attending and hopping in and out of the next events, but maybe they've not been to this particular event before. What advice would you give someone for what to expect and how they can get the best out of it? Yeah, I would uh, certainly say to stay open to the experience. Uh, you know, this actually, I think, is a good opportunity for a lot of people that might have been fringe attendees in the past that couldn't commit the whole, you know, three days to a conference to have two half days to take, you know, participation in and jump in and out of these sessions is a great opportunity to meet some more people, uh, more peers, and, and kind of grow that network. You know, the, it's hard to be an expert in everything, but the if you grow your network, you might be able to know an expert in everything. Uh, one last question to both of you. And I suppose I'm curious that when we're busy, I think one of the things that tends to suffer most is the time that we invest in the people around us. Because sometimes our head gets stuck inside our inbox and we think, oh, I, I know I should really walk the break room. I know I should walk the floor. I know I should visit everyone on the project, see how they're doing, how they're feeling, how is COVID affecting them. But actually, that tends to suffer we're busy, when we're under pressure. As a leader, how important is it that we really focus on communication, that we really take time at events like this to build on our own networking ability? Uh, Laura, I'll ask you first. It's everything. I know I'm going to talk a little bit about this tomorrow, so I apologize, everybody. But I know one of the things that really got me through this time as we all struggled, especially in the beginning, figuring out this new world we were in, uh, I have a, a, a huge whiteboard that I'm obsessed with and it, you know, I start my day looking at it and I end my day looking at it to see what I've accomplished because I've always, even on days where I feel like I haven't accomplished anything, I look on that board and see, Ooh, I actually have done a lot and I have two words and it's purposeful and meaningful. And every day I make sure that I do something that's purposeful and meaningful. And sometimes 
It can be a really bigger get way of giving back and making sure that I've done things to have, you know, 150 women just get on a Zoom call, you know, on a, in a five hour notice and go who needs some help and let's do this. And that feels very purposeful and meaningful. And other times on there is adding a Moscow mule to my walk with my husband and my dog. That feels very purposeful and very meaningful. But I think every single day of this year, purposeful and meaningful has had a relationship that I've either built during this time or I've continued or I've made deeper. And, and that's what I look at this entire year of everything. I just know Without an agenda, and we'll t- I'll talk about that a bunch tomorrow, but without an agenda, when you are making sure that you connect with one person a day, one new person, maybe one person you know, but want to get to know a little bit better and one completely new person, I just know that I could go to bed every day and feel like I did something really good and meaningful and purposeful today. And it doesn't necessarily lead to anything except feeling good at that day that you connected with someone. And that's pretty, that's pretty special. And you have three days with the opportunity to do that. So I love what Todd said, coming in with an open mind, open heart, and really being curious and excited and diving into, let's see what the next three days, who's, who can I meet? Whose lives can I change? Who's going to change my life in a breakout room? And that to me gets me excited and goes, why am I only here for an hour? I'd like to be here for three days because I think that sounds pretty purposeful and meaningful. I couldn't agree more. And Todd, how about you? As leaders, these events really are critical to, uh, I guess, upskill ourselves, but also bring that value back to the business. Networkers really are leaders and leaders are networkers. Absolutely. You know, uh, there's a saying that a gentleman I'm familiar with, it, if it's important, you'll make time for it. Um, anything you can do to better yourself or grow your network is an important thing. But uh, being intentional about the things you do in your daily life also is a, a very critical path. Um, you know, we electrical construction is a service industry, but I think most of us in life are in some form of service or another. So service to others above self and do all you can to grow that network. Well, I don't know about you. I'm going to take a number of things away from this. First of all, the two keywords, purposeful and meaningful. Second of all, everyone looks better in glasses. And the third thing I'm going to take away, I'm never walking again without a Moscow mule. Never. Never. I have a, I, I go for a walk at maybe 6 a.m. every day. That sounds like a good way to start the day, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> at 6 a.m., uh, yes. Even more meaningful, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's Ireland, Laura. We can do anything here. Um, so, uh, Laura and Todd, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I know our delegates are so excited to hear from you through the week, and hopefully we'll see you back here for another Nika Live at some point in the future. Be glad to. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Take care and enjoy the conference. And of course, thanks to all of you for always tuning in. We've got tons of great comments coming in. Uh, Wilbert is coming in from uh, Wilbert Allen uh, Corporation. Vanessa is in as well. We've got Alaska. Nika is coming in and saying hello. Uh, It is so nice to spend some time with all of you every single Monday. And remember, this session was just a teeny tiny preview of what you will experience at the Women in Nika and Future Leaders Leadership Conference virtually this week. It runs March 9th and 10th. And remember, you can access the material online afterwards. So if something comes up, if the phone rings or 
heaven forbid you run out of Moscow Mule and need to fill it up, then you will be able to catch up with it again at some other point, I promise you. You can just start right now on the Nika Learning Center. Visit nikanet.org forward slash W-I-N-F-L for more information. Now, Laura, who we've heard from today, will be presenting a keynote. You do not want to miss it. There will also be a keynote from speaker Ryan Avery, sessions with many people that you've seen right here on Nika Live, bringing all of the good stuff that will help move the needle on your performance. And uh, lots of speakers that you have not seen at uh, Nika events in the past. This, along with the unprecedented virtual networking opportunities and entertainment, and I do mean entertainment, we have dueling pianos coming. The dueling pianos were so good at last year's Nika event. I've booked them myself for private events. Do not miss them. They are absolutely phenomenal. This is an event that must not be missed. So once more, your time is running out to get registered. So make sure you do that. And thanks so much for joining us again for another Nika Live. We will catch up with you all really soon.